0: You are now listening to Grinding True Crimes with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gabb.
2: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome into another episode of the Grinding True Crimes podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox. And the other host of the show, Gabby. And we are here breaking it down, part two of Todd's story from last week. But before we get into it, I want to let you guys know where you can find us. First of all, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in the Grinding True Crime Podcast, and you can follow us and uh, comment on our page and leave us, some, uh, leave us a story or two to talk about, so follow us on there. And if you want to listen to us, you can go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchors, iTunes, and Pandora. For those listening to us outside of the country, we thank you for always tuning in. Continue to listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. If you guys want to purchase some merchandise, go to redbubble.com. Type in Todd Fox 80. That's Todd Fox 80. And you can buy some merchandise courtesy of the Grinding True Crime. And always, listener's discretion is advised. One last thing. If you could, please leave us a five-star liking on our page. We would greatly appreciate it. And we also appreciate all the comments we're getting. We try to respond to you guys as quick as possible. Thank you for all the love, even the negative comments. We appreciate that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, so I think I got all that out the way, Todd. Okay, we're ready to roll then. So let's let's kick it in. So tell us what you got, Todd. This is part two, correct?
0: Yes, is part two. Uh, part one was Jack Unterberger From part one, um, in this but- case.
2: Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but by the way, wanna apologize because I think uh <laughs> last week last week you, you had a an accent that was kind of German dialect. So we didn't want to offend anyone who's from Austria because we do know this Jack um is Jack person's from Austria, correct?
0: Yeah, cuz because what it was is it turns out that uh since there was some sort of conflict called World War Two where mm-hmm. Austrians really don't like Germans too much mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they don't really like to be um, uh, mentioned in the same you know sentence or at least uh, as being one so, uh, so, so it didn't
1: people, even occur to me
2: when I heard the accent you know what? thank you for the comment I forgot <laughs> who it was I was going to mention your name but thank you for the comment for correcting us once again we apologize
0: we make mistakes so we own it there we go <laughs> I just, I just thought Austrian Arnold and then you know, I went German after that. So, like, on,
2: on behalf of all of us here, there we go. So, yeah, see, bad, Todd. that's <laughs> cool. Be
0: there, no, it's cool. Like, uh, I just figured that I'll just do uh, for, for the bumbling cops instead of German voices, <laughs> we'll somehow have southern uh, cops in Germany and Austria. <laughs> we'll get you need to practice
1: that if they're Austrian, Todd.
0: <laughs> I sure do. I sure do. <laughs> all right. So let's jump into this one, because we got a lot to cover in this one. Um, okay, part, part two's got a bunch of twists. Um, I suggest if you haven't uh, listened to part one, go back and check it out, because last week we talked about the origins of Jack, how he grew, grew up with a troubled childhood. Um, he turned from a petty criminal into a groping maniac and rapist of women and uh, getting convicted of murder and it getting overturned. Uh, because of his power of manipulation and uh he even did a a lot of crazy stuff to get out of jail which many of us in our wildest dreams couldn't couldn't do so check out part one if you haven't uh if you're starting here on part two so today we pick up on part two after the murder of blanca in vienna where her body was found she was a sex worker and um at this time uh he was uh in production of his play which was a, based off his bur- book uh, purgatory um, which was basically the life story of him growing up the way he did going through everything getting acquitted and then his road to. Uh, what is it called redemption so everyone was like Oh, what a success and Austrian people were in love with this guy he's famous he's hanging out with everybody he's making a lot of money. Um, now, by this time the success of the book and the movie about his life and childhood and being acquitted, it was starting to uh, not play out too much in the, uh, cause he was trying to play it for what it was. It just didn't get beyond the walls of Austria and Germany and Switzerland. So he was trying to make it an, a worldwide story, but it didn't, didn't take off and it was starting to, you know, get, uh, I guess, I guess out of the spotlight. So he came up with the idea okay of making a play out of it. So there's okay. already there's already a book, there's already a movie, made for TV movie. And uh now he makes a play to which the critics slam it and say it's it's terrible. <laughs> so he's starring in it and some of those pictures that um I'll post it of him like, you know, being all like he's taking these like Calvin Klein like to- sort of uh, perfume type pictures from the late 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> with his shirt off and trying to look all like <laughs> sexy that's pictures of him from the play and everything else like that he's trying to play it up what was that guy from the 90s that was uh fabio there you go fabio, fabio. he's not as ripped as fabio but he is definitely <laughs> trying that look though you're right so um yeah so he's he's you know he's been out of jail for a little bit we all you know we we know that he's committed a you know couple murders but he's kept it under wraps as he's doing this play but as soon as he gets the bad news in the newspapers, them slamming him about his, his, uh, his play <sighs> on October or no, on January 5th of night, uh, 1991, which is a date, which something always happens. Write that down. Yeah. Uh, that same night as he was pissed off, telling a few people, you know, at the show, like, man, I can't believe it's all your fault. He's putting the blame on them. Mm hmm. Um, he meets a 26 year old Heidi Marie, and uh, he basically says, "Hey, let's go have sex somewhere." Blah blah blah. And she comes from a town in Austria, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce this name. Um,
2: Don't she, do it because if we stumble, somebody might say. Something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Hey, <laughs> try.
0: So actually, actually, no. This was December 5th. I'm sorry. Well, not January 5th. December 5th. Oh, okay. She, she winds up disappearing, and she would be found uh, a month later by two hikers in the Vienna woods. So remember the Vienna woods from part one?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long later?
0: A month later. A month
1: later.
0: January 5th. Um, her panties were wrapped around her neck. Ooh. And she was strangled, and she was obviously assaulted sexually. Uh, her clothes She was naked from the waist down, bent over in a prone position, And it appears that she was in a violent struggle prior with bruises Mm -hmm. all over her body. Mm -hmm. And um, remember, this is Austria in the winter. So her her body was frozen in place. Frozen. Mm. Jesus. Yes.
1: I mean, besides the frostbite, that pretty much preserved it, right?
0: Pretty much. It preserved the crime scene and uh, also the knot. It was that same knot that had been seen in the other uh, homicides. Mm with either the panties or the use of a bra.
1: Are we going to be mad that they don't automatically tie it to him?
0: Yes. Oh. Spoiler alert. Yes. Of course. (laughs) Yes. uh, So, again, the Southern cops have made their way to Austria. So we we will hear from them very soon here. (laughs) Okay. You're going to have to deal with them since I don't have the best German or Austrian (laughs) accent, okay? It is what it is. It is what
2: it is, people. We can't please them all.
0: Exactly. (laughs) South shall rise again, Um, (laughs) but not in the way you think. Um, So at the same time um, that this murder or the body is found, his play is pretty much being canceled. In the seven cities that he had it booked, there was like hardly any attendance. The people thought it was terrible. So at the same time, he's going crazy. He's writing you know, trying to keep his, his cool, and he comes up with a story about well, well, what do you think he he turned a play into? Something from his life, something that's found in prison life. He turned oh, it. it.
2: Why would you say that? I was going to say the sound of music, but
0: uh, <laughs> uh, no, he's not that deep. <laughs> okay. Mmm. Uh,
2: dang, that's a tough one because you know, I Aust- 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 I can't even get the word. Out. Austria Austria is more likely prison is different from what we experience in the United States so
0: but this is know. or think think of prison in the late 80s early 90s what was in prison a lot he made a play out of it
2: am I are we thinking on the same page
0: I don't know are
2: we okay uh I'm gonna <laughs> say a lot of riots you know gang riots nope okay Gabby? Religion? Nope. AIDS. Yeah. I, he made a play. I was actually thinking that, the raping. Oh, okay. But, um, okay. Yeah, but I, I didn't want to say it, but yeah. Okay. That
1: still happens,
2: though. Yeah, it still happens. But it, back then, it was high because of the AIDS epidemic. But,
0: <laughs> but think about it. AIDS. Like, like, how are, you, how are you supposed to make it? I mean, look, the this, the movie Philadelphia with Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington. hmm That was a very hard movie to make and to make successful but they had a story and you had two really a-list actors you're talking about a guy who yeah he's had he he could use his previous celebrity to to get the play going which he did Mm -hmm. he's making it about the people that the awareness about aids so it's not like it's a musical you can't sing around like he's got aids and you know what i mean like like you're it's a serious subject and you're talking about people dying he's using his you know the people that he knew in prison and then out of the gay gay community that were dying that he knew so i mean i don't know what he was trying to accomplish with this play but it it trashed um harder than his life story i mean how do you make a play about that i don't know (laughs) i don't know um i I could
2: but who would who would want to i mean really
0: yeah that's that's not just a tearjerker that's just a depressing that's yeah that's like if you're trying to go to schindler's list you know on a friday night to see a comedy and schindler's list is there that's that's not (laughs) what you're gonna watch because i mean it's, it's just a depressing movie right absolutely so yeah this was it was called uh what was it called here? Uh, Should I wrote down the name here? Uh, oh, scream of, scream of fear! Scream of fear! Yeah, scream of fear. Scream of fear was about AIDS. Yeah,
2: I can get the title. I can. I, I get the title.
0: I don't know. I yeah. don't. I, I don't get it because like I don't think you scream when you get AIDS, but the fear part. Yeah,
2: I mean the fear part. That's what I'm saying.
0: The the, yeah. the fear part. Yeah, so th- this this play trashed in two months, so it was sacked uh, right away. Um, <clears throat> so at that time in 1991, he was pissed off when they finally told him that hey, it's over with. There's no, you know, we're gonna your your deal of plays is canceled. Didn't take him too long because that was March second, uh, March seventh, 1991. With no success on the horizon, his celebrity fading. Uh, He met another sex worker uh, named Alfreda Schrimpf, who was working the corner, uh, who was working a corner in Vienna outside the train station. Um, She would be scooped up by Jack and he would take her to a remote place where he would strangle her before Mm. he um, before he strangled her. He mentioned he managed to persuade her to give her parents phone number to him for some reason at the time then he murdered her
1: whoa
0: yeah and go figure before the body was found a day or two before her parents were getting phone calls uh from someone disguising their voice and saying hey your your daughter's a sex worker she's a whore she's a slut ha 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 just making fun of their daughter who was already deceased how terrible is that Death wow. that man yep yep and um her fo- her body was found in the same position as the previous one and uh the same fashion bra uh, wrapped around her her neck she was strangled uh bent over um, naked from the waist down beat up pretty good and uh again there was no evidence at the time Mm -hmm. or there was only like a few fibers or something there wasn't anything that they could pin to any anybody really it was just trace trace evidence
2: so it seems like he he has a a trail of which women to target
0: yeah yeah he did and so um those two murders you know would take place you know uh around march and uh Mm -hmm. this would then start a month-long killing spree so after those two murders. He kind of went cold for a little bit. And then we fast forward to April 8th, 1991. And, um, it's just a month later. He gets into this, uh, he, he gets a, uh, random sex worker that he found by the name of Sylvia Ziegler. Uh, she was 31 years old and she was also found in the Vienna woods, strangled and sexually assaulted. So the murders are now coming fast and furious and the police mm-hmm. literally don't have any clues at this point.
2: I mean, should they just stake out a little bit in that area? I, I I don't know how big it is or whatever, but you know, you notice that several women are appearing in this area being murdered, you know? Well,
0: the, co- the couple of the couple of these right away, they're not being reported as missing and they're not found mm-hmm. right away. So that's problem number one. And then problem number two is when they do find these bodies, they're not really putting boots on the ground. You know, they'll be like, you now see, here we go again. Now, the Southern cops are in charge over there. And what's happening is they're telling them, they're like, hey, you know, uh, they're like, hey, Billy Bob, tell John that he's got to go on the street and start interviewing some of these sex workers because, you know, they just disappearing, like, like poof, right in the air. They're gone. And we got to find them. And then, and then some hikers find them, they would be like, hey, you know, we out there shooting some duck and everything, and then we found a body in a prone situation. You might want to investigate. And then the sergeant's like, all right, now, don't tell me what to do when you come into my office. You see my legs on my desk. When my legs are on my desk, you just give me some coffee, and then we'll talk. You just don't barge in here and tell me what to do. And so it's just <laughs> meaningless conversation with no one doing any work. So... They're not that's, investigating.
1: That's your accent, Todd. Yeah, yeah.
0: You did. I mean, you, you did. You,
1: owned that one. Yeah, you owned it.
0: <laughs> it's just a shame because I'm trying to fit the area, man. I'm like, miles and miles away. <laughs> Somehow they're out there with a Confederate flag in freaking Austria.
1: You know what, though? Like, I don't care if you didn't have much clues at the murder scenes. Like, you know, a history. Look further. Yep. Start looking into this person again. Stake him out.
0: And re- remember from part one, Auguste, uh, Auguste the uh, detective, the retired mm. detective, he had the first murder case, and he suspected uh-huh. Jack they from him. The, suspect. Them. Yeah, he never could pin that first murder on him, but he was happy he went to jail for the second one. And because of this, he starts to get like... Very suspicious because he's reading the newspaper, seeing that these women are, fi- are are in the woods. And the woods, to answer your question, Matt, are huge. There's acres and acres of land. So you can get lost mm. up in there. So
2: so my idea of stakeout is out the door.
0: Pretty much. Because it's
2: he, so big, you, know, you don't know where to stake out.
0: <laughs> yeah, you would need hundreds of police officers up there Got you. to do that. Yeah. So that, there's just, he has free reign to that area. Got you. Rolled that out yeah so because of this regina preem who's 33 years old Mm -hmm. or actually i'm sorry um sabrina moxley would be the next one she's 26 years old she was found april 8th up in the woods or Mm -hmm. and so she was she was found dead uh then april 28th regina preem uh 33 years old uh sex worker was found in the woods but prior to being found her husband um was phoning it in to the police, asking if they could look for her. She was a sex worker at night, so he knew that she was. Well, apparently, that's you know prevalent in that area because, um, it's Austria. Yeah, Austria <laughs> is like one of those places like it's a red light district, so you can. Oh, okay, I got it. Yeah, it's like Amsterdam in a way. Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh So <clears throat> she she was married, and uh, her husband was getting phone calls when she disappeared and it was from Where's Jack Jack, that, Jack was taunting her and saying, you have a slut for a wife and all this other stuff. And he called the cops and the cops did absolutely nothing. Um, they would find her body 12 days later. So yeah. And That's then, Jack, though. So this just continued to go. So the fourth victim was a 24 year old Karina roglu. <clears throat> um, she vanished, uh, in may 7th um she her body would not be found for another month as well so it was, yeah so it'd be another month before she was found so you're talking about four murders in just about a month because it was from april to april 8th to may 7th including the and other, no
2: no kind of dna nothing on any of these bodies
0: none and wow. I don't know if it froze over or I don't know how that works. No, it wouldn't froze o- freeze over. Yeah,
2: I'm going it would be preserved, right?
0: Yeah, it would be preserved, actually. So I don't know. They never mentioned anything about DNA. Remember, wow. DNA was just starting up, though, around that time. But
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I don't, I don't know if one. it was
0: that country, though, like if they had it established it over there. Because I know the U.S. was late 80s, right, for DNA? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so that makes... Uh, unfortunately six murders within the last you know four months and then the yeah to- no i was just gonna say and as soon
2: as he gets out they just start racking and racking and racking like they couldn't put their brains together and say hey
0: this is this is too much of a coincidence yeah the only one that was a goose was goose yeah he was the only one that wasn't fooled you know like he was the only one that was like i know he was it's retired him. And nobody was listening to him. He would go to him and be like, look, this guy, you know, I, I, he has a past. And everyone's like, nah, man, he he is such a good guy now. Did you not see his movie? He can act. That boy can act. And then they're just like, they're like saying, no, he's reformed. He knows what he's doing. You know, he's a good guy. He works a for the guy. newspaper. And then Cletus gets up there and be like, dang, dang on and, and I saw his play. And his play was really good. And yeah, you <laughs> popcorn. You know, and like glorious. that's... Yeah, <laughs> it's like they're so they're so backwards. You know what I mean? They don't. Uh, it's, frustrating.
2: Oh. it's frustrating. Very frustrating. Very
0: <laughs> frustrating. Yeah. So these uh these these people are. Allowing him because they're not investigating him to just do whatever he wants. So his play falls apart. We all know about that. He's murdering these women. He's still working part-time as a freelance reporter for the newspaper, remember? Mm, Yeah. That's right. Now check out the cojones and just the level of of douchiness of Jack.
2: Don't tell me he's going to the report the crime (laughs) team.
0: He's reporting from the crime scenes, and he's you? he's writing wow. another investigative article by interviewing the sex workers in that area.
1: <laughs> what a dog!
0: Yep. What? What a creep, huh? So basically, he's, he's he's scoping out his next victim. Well, that is is probably what he did. So you're absolutely correct with that. My my thing is. How is he not getting uh, recognized by the same sex workers that he's interviewing? Because obviously people have seen these women go with a guy that fits his description. So Mm -hmm. that boggles my mind, too. He's putting himself right back in the the murder area. Like, someone should be identifying him, I would think. I would agree. Yep.
1: That's the problem that people don't just automatically, like, become suspicious. If somebody who's reporting the crime seat, you don't expect that any of them could be mm-hmm. yep. like, oh, they're doing their job. They're trying to figure this out. People aren't thinking, hmm, let me look into him or him.
0: Yeah, it, it's just it's ridiculous at this point. And the the thing is, at this point now, you have eight within the last eight months now, Austria area and the Vienna woods and those Prague And those areas have now experienced seven murders in those woods of Vienna. That's crazy. That connect the three areas. That's crazy, man. Yep. So in 1991, August is just beyond frustrated. He's been reading the newspapers. Yeah, he's been watching TV. Um, He's pissed. And he knows it's Jack Unterberger. He just can't prove it. And and nobody is willing to... uh, listen to him and he wants to expo- expose this creep who keeps getting radio time he's still getting interviews and everything and uh how
1: come he didn't stake him out himself
0: he's 70 years old and doesn't have the means to he's he's one of these guys it's like a smoker you know like a he's not the most in shape dude um mm. he's so so he doesn't have the 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 chase in him to do that but he wants to pursue like he has the want to pursue justice but he needs help he just doesn't have it yeah so think Mm. about this think about this gabby he's he's had this case on his mind now 18 years 18 years yep
1: poor man can't rest
0: he can't and it's his only unsolved case so he's In in his in his career in his career, yeah, he's he solved every one of his uh, homicides, wow, except this one. Wow. So he's—it's safe to say he's going to bed at night, tossing and turning, like ah! Ah! Jack, Jack. <laughs> you know, just all freaked out. Poor guy. Yeah, very poor guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So he he makes a phone call in 1991 to the australian or the australian austrian police department to let them know to be on the lookout for jack unterberger he says mm-hmm. this is uh uh this is your prime suspect he laid it out there he's uh he's sent a, a care package full of like his sort of like you know when they show those detective shows and they have like a whiteboard and it's got like all those strings tied to this picture. oh yeah 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 you
1: know, all their clues
0: Yeah, yeah, he sent them, like, a care package like that, and then they opened it up, and the police looked at him. What do you think they did?
2: Um, They're Southern police, according to you. I'm going to say, well, that's okay. You know, he's a good guy. Let's just cover this up. (laughs) Gabby?
1: They probably barely looked through it and put it to the side, so they got more important stuff to look at.
0: You're both right, with the exception of they said, hey, man, how can a guy that's reformed do something like that? Stop stop making this guy. He uh, he done paid for his, his discretions. He's a reformed young man. <laughs> Leave it alone, old man. You're retired. And they laughed at him. Are you serious? They laughed at him. Come on, man. Yep.
1: People like that should have the same consequences. I swear in my book they would.
2: For dropping the ball?
1: For being that stupid and careless. Like, at least consider it. Try it. And then if you find nothing or you don't have proof or you did everything you could and you can't pin it to him, then you couldn't do it. But at least freaking try. Don't just shove it to the side and ignore it and then more and more people die and you just go on with your job like you're the greatest at it.
0: Yep. And, and here's the thing that sucks is that so when he laid it out on the line and he got the response that he did from the detectives he called the chief of police and he was told by the chief of the police department to let it go Jack's not the man he's reformed he's not on their radar and never will be dang
2: so, yeah I mean that's pretty much it right there
0: yeah that was it so August felt disgusted sick to his stomach he realized that Jack's power of persuasion and manipulation won over his freedom and over the police the police had just dropped it wow so, yeah they were looking in completely different directions than from Jack the
2: man standing right in front of you and you still looking behind him
0: Hmm. wow So because of this, Jack is becoming more emboldened, more just ballsy. He's turning up at crime scenes. He's writing for the newspaper, basically writing on his own crimes. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) This guy, he's got steals. He does. He does. And uh, he got so cocky that he went to the australian uh, Austra- keep saying australian austrian police department and talked to a detective by the name of adele uh bakar and you're gonna want to remember that name because he asked him for insight on some of the cases like he's like i need to know some of the details like how did these women die and uh did, did, the, did the perpetrator leave fingerprints did he um did he leave semen did this happen did that happen mm-hmm. And the detective is at first raised an eyebrow, like, "Why are you trying to know so much, you know, information?" Mm -hmm. But because the power of manipulation and all this other stuff, and the way that he could just talk himself in and out of things, Detective Adele Bakar said, "You know what? All right, all right, let me give you some, (laughs) let me give you some uh, details on this on this uh, case." So he told him everything he needed to know. He did. He did. He, and he told him basically, because he's not the sharpest tool at the shed right now, this detective. Okay. He gave him all the details and he gave him all the suspects and pretty much confirmed to Jack that he's not even on the radar. Mm. So Jack left there very, very happy. I bet.
2: He had nothing to worry about.
0: Yep, yep. So at this oh, yeah. same. <laughs> yeah. So at this same time. Uh, a week or, or a couple days later, August had got had found out that Jack had talked to Ad, uh, Adele Baker Bakar, and August wrote him a letter and said to take a look at his movie. You know, uh, there's some similarities to this this uh, this case, and so as he would watch the movie in a VHS back in the day, which is <laughs> something we used to all watch. Um, oh, good times. Uh, movies on. Uh, his wife, while wa- while uh, making him breakfast, knew about Jack's story. She read his book. Mm-hmm. And she started to tell uh, the detective, Bakar about the cases and about how he was convicted as a killer. And she mentioned the tying of the bra or the panties around the neck. And that raised the eyebrows of Adele. Now he's like, uh... And now it's making sense. Now it's making sense that he could be a legitimate. What if August was correct this entire time? Mm -hmm. What if he just had the killer in his office and he just gave him valuable information and let him go? Mm -hmm. And that's not even the worst part of it. Oh, dang. Why? Where's the twist? Here's a twist. So when they had the conversation about everything that happened in the case, cases and everything else like this, Jack had a question because he knew that Detective Bacar had spent time in, of all places, Los Angeles, California. Mm. And he had lots of contacts in the LAPD. Jack had asked him if he knew of any of these contacts because Jack wanted to set up some time in Los Angeles to, n- to not only talk about because at the time in the 90s crack, drugs, murder mayhem was big in Los Angeles he had gang mm-hmm. wars um, the, the homicide rate was as high as it is in Chicago now in Los Angeles mm-hmm. so you're talking about 800 to 1000 homicides a year
1: wow
2: Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Los Angeles homicide was was huge back then. It was bad in the 90s. Yeah, and so the area that's well protected now around Staples Center, downtown Los Angeles, which is clean and, and it's actually really nice and you don't have to worry too much mm-hmm. about being down there, was a death trap if you were a tourist or you did not know where you were going. You make a wrong turn, you could be mugged at least.
2: And it's a bunch of one-way streets
0: down there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, there's muggings, rapings, murder. I mean, that, that uh, was... Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was a oh, terrible scary.
1: place.
2: Oh yeah, downtown LA did not look like it did back in the nineties. Nope. Now, it, yeah, it, it, now it looks like New York.
0: Well, well, they, they, yeah, the clean part of New York. Yeah, yeah, the clean part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this this was um, this was a very seedy area. Mm-hmm. So so Jack's whole thing was you know seen it in movies. He's like, maybe I can get down there. I could talk to people in the movie industry. I can get my biography made to English, and maybe it'll take off over there. And at the same time. I could write for the newspaper about Los Angeles being like the heart of the sex workers and drugs and how they risk their lives, blah blah blah. Right? Like he's he's so he's using his connections to get to Los Angeles, and guess what? It happened. Uh.
1: And that stupid officer let him go.
0: Yes. Plus, he gave him contact information of officers that would let him ride along with them. Mm. So. A ride along, you know, is one of those things where they're able to Mm -hmm. get in the police officer's car and they stay at a safe distance, but they get to experience what a police officer has to go through. So he's going to the worst areas on purpose to to see and to get firsthand interviews and, and, you know, to tell the story of Los Angeles and their their street life and and of sex workers compared to.
2: This This is a very crafty man.
0: It is. It is. So um, he slipped out of their hands, man. He left Vienna. So right when you know, Detective Bacar is like, dude, we got to tell this guy. He's gone because it's June 11th, 1991. Jack worker landed at LAX International Airport in Los Angeles, California. Wow. So, so yes. <clears throat> and here's another twist. Another one? Another twist. Uh-oh. He... Can you can you tell me what hotel he checked into?
2: Uh, downtown
0: famous hotel. Uh what's that one? What's that one? Ah, shoot! Right by the train tracks. Can you name the? Can you name a case from it? Because there's plenty of cases with it. Can't think of it right now. Gabby, that
1: one that closed down, right? That's supposedly haunted.
0: Well, yeah, they're they're um, what is it called? They're refurbishing it. So it's gonna reopen here this year, but it did close down recently. It's the Cecil Hotel.
2: Cecil, okay. I wasn't thinking that
0: one. <clears throat> That's the one that is best known for its drug dealings in the seventies and eighties. A lot of people died, suicides. Uh mm-hmm. people were thrown out of windows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a That's big so jumping a, out of windows, don't yeah. Yeah, it's a big hotel. People um, you know, OD'd on crack or heroin. Um Uh, You know, there was constant rapes. It was just a dangerous place to live in because you had a lot of people living there week to week, month to month type things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so people came and went all the time. But it's most famous for two people. Uh, Lisa Liam, I think in the mid 2000s or or 2010 or around there. She's that one that was pressing the 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 um, she's on camera pressing the crazy. You know, her hands were going crazy and she's pressing the buttons on the elevator. Mm-hmm. And and she winds up being found in the water tank,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they don't know how she got in there. People thought that she was murdered. Um, mm. There's very, I mean, if you if you haven't seen it, you gotta check out the Cecil Hotel on Netflix. It's a good series. Um, it'll talk about the complete history of it. It's uh, but the way she dies and the way that people find out about, oh, I I don't. Okay, I'll get into a little bit of it. <laughs> 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 Basically, I won't tell you how she got up in there or how they. Think she got up there because there's there's no cameras to it, but she winds up being butt naked in the water tanks because this is an old hotel built in the early 1900s. Their water tanks are on the top of the the hotel, which is like a 16 story building, I believe. Mm-hmm. And their water all runs through that, and the water was coming out funky, tasting weird, and sometimes looking a little brown. Her body was decomposing in the water tanks. Oh. People brush their teeth with the remnants of her. Ew. Or they that's took showers. Gross. Yes. That's how they were able to be like, hey, there's a lot of complaints about the water. You might want to check the tanks. And then that's when they found her body up there.
1: That's pretty gross.
0: That
2: is gross.
0: I've <laughs> so, yeah.
1: had so, only... for decades. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Ugh. And then... Our first ever case that we ever did on Grinding True Crime, mm-hmm. uh, the, their most uh, famous visitor was the Night Stalker himself, Richard Ramirez. Who That's he, right. Yeah, he lived there for two months. And one of the cases, he committed a murder just down the street from the hotel and ran through the hotel butt naked because he had to get rid of his bloody clothes before he got back to the hotel. His feet still had blood on them. And he tracked blood into the hotel and the police never investigated that.
1: One. Oh, <laughs> surprise,
0: surprise. Yes. So, wow, that's that one, right.
2: I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, that was. And he was a crazy serial killer in the early, early 80s. And that is an, also an, has been turned into a Netflix uh, documentary and a really good one. So if you want to see that one, check that one out on Netflix. It's the Night Stalker. So there you I'm go.
1: definitely interested in the Cecil Hotel one.
0: Yeah, check out both those. Those are really good um documentaries. I think the Cecil Hotel is like a two-parter, I think, and then the the uh Night Stalker is like a four-parter, something like that. All
2: right.
0: Yeah. So so he checks in at the Cecil Hotel. Um but he prior to him leaving, he was also, you remember he was a uh, a bastard son. His his father was a US Army um uh, officer. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that was another reason why he was coming to Los Angeles because a rumor was that his father he never met was in the Los Angeles area. Mm. So he would spend a month um, or just about a month or a couple weeks, two, three weeks, looking for his father and to no avail. He would not be able to find him. The contacts that he had to, help to that told him that he was in Los Angeles were like, oh, you know what? He's not in Los Angeles. So he struck out with that. Wow!
1: So he never found him.
0: Never found him. No. So this would what make. What was
1: he trying to find his father for?
0: Uh, I guess just like he wanted to go to Los Angeles for that story. He wanted to get into some trouble, obviously, and he wanted to find his father for whatever reason. I mean, he was having daddy issues. I guess maybe closure. That could be. Yeah.
1: Maybe murder.
0: But yeah, maybe you he wanted to
1: kill him. Was there in my life? <laughs>
0: But unfortunately, maybe because maybe he wasn't able to murder his father, like Gabby thinks, uh, someone would pay the price, though, for his temper. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, June 19th, 1991, uh, Jack uh, would go on the hunt. And uh, in the Los Angeles area, he would run into a sex worker, 35-year-old Shannon Exley, on the corner of 7th Street, uh, just about a block away from the Cecil Hotel. Um, he would pick her up and take her out of the city to where it's sort of like East l a Boyle Heights area mm-hmm. and he took her to a warehouse where it had like a parking lot behind it um they mm-hmm. had they had rough sex till so then when uh she was least expecting it he uh took her bra that she had taken off and tied it in that specific knot around her neck and strangled her. gosh yeah. So she's she's dead, left in the parking lot, just like that. And now because he did that, that is his unofficial 11th murder at this point. 11? 11th murder.
1: Only now they don't have a way to connect it to anything.
0: Exactly. And not only that, <clears throat> remember, he's killed in three countries. Yeah. Because those those countries are different over there on the other side. Mm-hmm. This now makes four. So this is the fourth country he's murdered in, in the 11th. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's miles and miles away. Yeah, he's now an international serial killer. Yep.
1: What a bastard.
0: Yeah, this guy's on one. Um.
1: I don't get it. Like, So he enjoys just being a murderer. It's not even about covering up what he's doing. Because if he's doing this to sex workers i mean if you got what you wanted from them why are you killing them
2: he's probably disgusted of what they do
1: if you're so disgusted why are you doing it with them
2: i I don't know
0: (laughs) yeah see that's a that's a hard thing i think gabby would be one of those that would go in there and she would be like uh what's that show um uh, mind of uh murder or something like that where they um they just try to get in the the psychopaths heads you know by I think Gabby would be good at that. She, she'd have more questions like, you know, because she'd get them to talk. Because a lot of these psychopaths, they like to talk. So I think Gabby would would wind up getting the answers in the long run, you know. Either that or she'd have a machete and be like, listen, you talk or your weenus goes.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: Don't try me. Yeah, exactly. They'll be singing like a canary.
0: She's all sharpening it right now. She'd be, it's a shame if this had to cut something that you valued. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> I'd be talking, I'd be like, what do you want to know? Man, I'll be singing like a canary, man. <laughs> Everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But uh this psychopath though, speaking of psychopaths, after he murdered Shannon Xley, what do you think he did after the murder?
1: went to have a good dinner and then went back to his hotel and slept great.
0: Um
2: I'm gonna say he he went back to the body and I don't know, necrophilia.
0: No, no. You are thinking too much of uh Jeff's story, but <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but that what he did was um he decided hey, he's like, "Hey, I'm in LA. Let's go see the sights and sounds." So he turned into he flipped a switch in his head and became a tourist. He he oh. went <laughs> Yeah. What? After he didn't kill someone? Yeah, he he went through, the, you know, those little uh, janky little, little buses? Little, yeah, little tour buses where it's like, hey, let's go oh. pass by OJ's house, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he got on those and he's touring Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, West Hollywood. Wow. Yeah, exactly. He even was like, hey, there's a gay and lesbian parade. Let me take photographs for the what? newspaper. Yeah, he just started doing that.
1: It's because this guy don't feel anything anymore. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. He has no remorse. Well, I'm not gonna say he ever did, but it's just whatever to him.
0: Absolutely correct. So probably
1: uh, too,
2: because he's killing sex workers, nobody's really gonna be looking for them. Looking for them in a sense.
0: Yeah. So he's just he's just going about his business, like whistling while he works. So um he's he's trying to so then speaking of work, he tries to get back to work. He's like, Hey, you know what, I only gotta a, a couple more weeks here i gotta i gotta start doing what i was supposed to do for the newspaper so mm-hmm. he's, he contacts the lapd he talks to them he he gets the uh sergeant to to uh, steve staples to uh do the ride-along he starts taking all these candid pictures of sex workers during the day at night he's going to skid row which is a terrible area even to this sure day yes um he's you know, it's a depraved, cracked out area. You know, a lot of unfortunate people down there, plus people that mm-hmm. put themselves down there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack went down there. He was so cocky wearing designer clothes. He was not scared. And for some reason, nobody mugged him. He's a, you know, white wow. is day Austrian in downtown Los Angeles. Wow. And he's going up to get this sex workers, drug dealers, and pimps and interviewing them and not getting any blowback whatsoever.
2: Well, hey man, he's got to be one of the it's boldest, so baddest Austrian man there is, man.
0: <laughs> I guess so. I mean, he was—he just didn't didn't care and really didn't figure on anyone beating him up. Now he's not the biggest dude. I'm pretty sure he could hold his own, but I would think a guy, a Los Angeles dude, would be able to kick his butt. That's just me.
2: Hey, I don't know, man. I don't know. Who knows? He, he's bold.
0: I'll give him that. Yep. Yeah. So, <clears throat> again, now we're talking about another date. Mm-hmm. It's June 28th, 1991. And Jack was feeling frisky. And Uh-oh. and again, to go back to Gabby's point, Jack is a good looking guy. He's, you know, like sex workers. I, I don't get that angle except for what she said and you said. They're not really missed. Other than mm-hmm. that, I mean, this dude could pretty much pick up whoever he wanted. He was a semi-celebrity, so it didn't make any sense. But <clears throat> he picks up a thirty-three-year-old Irene Rodriguez. Um, she came from El Paso, Texas, just two months prior, and uh, she was a sex worker because she was trying to, uh, you know, make up and feed her heroin addiction, and oh. she, she also too. Uh, stayed at the Cecil Hotel. They ran into each other in the lobby. She went out to work. He saw her at work and was like, hey, aren't you that girl from the hotel? And then she's like, yeah. And then he's like, well, let's go out. You know, like, I'll pay for you. You know what I mean? Like, just took her up as a John. Mm -hmm. And he took her out to Boyle Heights, found another abandoned warehouse, raped her and murdered her and left her completely nude with a syringe next to her body. That's all they found. This guy is sick, man. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And the LAPD did not link these two, two these two murders together at this point. Didn't link them at all. Was she found with a her neck tied? Yes, that's why I forgot to tell you. Yeah, same way. Mm. Didn't link them. What? Mm. Yeah. Didn't link them. <laughs>
2: oh. Well, them cops them came all the way from south to. To LA. <laughs> like, wow, it's hot out here in Los Angeles.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's, this this one's
1: pissing me off.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just it's stupid how they're not linking this together. And then you have finally the other cops are you know wising up in Vienna and this dude's just going about his business in Los Angeles. So on July 3rd, 1991, he ran into 26-year-old aspiring, well, was aspiring ad- actress, Sherry Long. Um, she tried the Hollywood scene, tried modeling mm-hmm. and everything else like that, didn't work. Um, she got in with the wrong crowd, started using drugs. It's the typical backfired LA, L.A. story of a girl from back east or whatever trying to make it big, and it's mm-hmm. just all going wrong. Um, so she would get hooked up on, on, or hooked on, um, cocaine and she became a sex worker, but she worked the area of sunset Boulevard yeah. and, and uh, well, Jack was driving through that area and he saw her actually riding along as a, you know, in one of the police cars when he was doing that. And he actually went back to his hotel, got his car and came out there and picked her up. Mm. And uh, he did not go to Boyle Heights this time. He took her to Malibu, which is 30 miles north of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very nice area. You guys have been there. I've been there. Yes, it is. A um, lot of lookout spots, viewing the ocean, fancy mm-hmm. houses, just beautiful area. Why would he take her <clears throat> over there? Because he found like a lover's lane area. And they oh. thought she thought, all right, he's going to give me like a pretty good night pay me pretty good because she's not your normal sex worker. She's she looks pretty, even though she's drugged out, she was a pretty woman to the end, you know, oh. and uh, unfortunately um, he gets her in, in that prone position and murders her. So, you know, she's in an area where even if she screams, he didn't even he didn't even care to gag her because he would try to, like, you know, hold the mouths of the other women or as he strangled her, they really can't yell as he was beating her up like he took her his time with her. You know, Dang. before before he strangled her, because they were in a remote area of Malibu where just no one was going to hear him.
1: Dang, yeah. man.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, her body would be found eight days later by by again some hikers, and unfortunately, this is the first time where the LA detectives said, "Okay," and because maybe it happened in Malibu, the Malibu PDs were looking for cases that fit this one because they found the bra around her neck. And lo and behold, when they called the LAPD, they found out they had two cases open just like it. So LAPD's like, hey, that kind of looks like one of ours. And then Malibu's like, "Uh, yeah, that's what we're trying to tell you. Oh, okay. So there could be a similarity. There is a similarity. It's all the same killer. We'll get back to you on that one. (laughs) Well, that's, how, that's how that went down. So that's how that went down. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so think about this too, guys. I mean, if you if you know your history, we've done a lot of cases on California around this time. Mm-hmm. There is serial killers up and down the West Coast. Yeah, there is just a lot of serial killers. So the LAPD were like, "God damn it, dude! We just took two or three off the books. And we got a brand new one." So. Yeah, this, this guy just killed three within the span of, like, less than two months. That's bad. Yeah. All bad. So LAPD were just starting now to start a task force. And as soon as they started the task force on the possible killer, with they had really no leads except circumstantial stuff. Someone had said that they saw a guy with a leather jacket, which Jack had a leather jacket but they had no idea who Jack was other than the fact that they were helping him see the area and what to avoid and what to look out for. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So so Jack just played the system, and, and as they start the task force, July 21st, boom, he's flying back now out of Los Angeles to Austria. So he left. <laughs> I had a wow. feeling
1: that's what was coming.
0: Mm-hmm. So he slipped right on the radar. He sure did. He sure did. So um, finally, the detectives, you know, while Jack was gone, finally reached out to August and and got his story of everything. And they were like, hey, you know what? There's you're you're right. You know, there's parallels to these murders and Jack and the the time frames and where he was. They're similar. And uh, they realized, oh, crap, he was in Los Angeles. And they reached out to Los Angeles PD. And Los Angeles PD were like, hey, we have some that sound just the same. Did you steal our paperwork? They're like, no, no, no. These are homicides that happened over here. And then they're like, oh, okay. Then we got the same serial killer. How about that? (laughs) They realized they had the same guy. So So
2: finally they realized.
0: Yeah, they realize that it's possibly Jack. They have to prove it, though.
2: Yeah, if I'm August, I'm I'm yelling at them. You stupid idiot. I tried to tell you all this time that... I, I don't know. I, that's yeah,
1: just more league. women are dying.
0: Yeah, too many women are dying. If, if they, they would just listen to him... Exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> he comes back to Austria... And all, there's all this buzz around the police department. Now, there's this reporter by the name of Peter Grolik.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: he's, like, one of these nosy police reporters from back in the day that would just hide out, pay other cops for information, mm-hmm. and he was starting to get information that they were suspecting Jack. So, he did his own investigation, gotten in a hold of the LAPD officers, got to know what they knew. He even read about what Auguste had said in the newspaper, all this other stuff. And he even found out that, that Adele Bacar, the the Vienna detective, had given him information. So what does the reporter do? What? He writes a long article about the entire case, basically pointing the finger at Jack. Wow. And then Doesn't now-
1: that make it like, isn't that like A risky thing to do
0: oh yeah absolutely but this this reporter doesn't care about the case he cares about making headlines he's he's wanting to get paid so he's writing this jeopardizing the entire case
1: Mm. not just that but dude you're putting your life at risk too
0: that is true i didn't think about that jack could have went right after him yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but what this did was this caused intense intense paranoia by jack and he went to adele bakar four days after the report in the newspaper and said hey um am i being uh you know considered as a uh, uh a suspect at all in this case and adele bakar was playing stupid and he's like no man you're reformed, man like why'd you even come down here we're good friends right and he's like how about some coffee and, like, they just were cordial. But as soon as he left, he had no idea that the entire time that he had come back from Los Angeles, he had been under 24-hour constant surveillance. Wow.
1: Dang.
0: The police- Constant they 24 hours. They
1: were doing their
0: job. They were finally doing their job, yes. Mm. And so now everybody wanted to talk to August. You know, they all wanted his, his, you know, what did we do now? You know, like, you know, and, and, uh and and he he must have been thinking man what a jackass this bakar guy you know like he didn't listen to me this entire freaking time Mm -hmm. and all the supposed rumors that that they were saying august was spreading were all true so uh september 16th just a couple weeks later uh jack comes back to adele bakar and says hey are these rumors true about me um, You know, being investigated? And he doesn't realize that he's under surveillance.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so Bacar lies to him and says, no, nah, you're just one of 100 suspects only because that stupid reporter wrote that article. We just got to verify some of your alibis. And you're going to be taken off because, you know, hey, you made that movie. You know what I mean? Like you're good. <laughs> hey, hey, you
1: made that movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're on that picture thingy. So you're good, man. You're like popular and stuff. Like, how'd you get in that little box I watch? <laughs> so that's what happened right there. They were just like, okay, like blowing smoke up his butt. And he believed it. Wow. So, so um, you know, um, Jack was, he made one mistake, though, that caught the eye, you know, because they, they're looking because all they have is circumstantial stuff. And he lied, though, on his alibi, saying that he doesn't know how to drive. Like, he gets driven places. He takes public transportation to. Mm -hmm. um, But under surveillance the entire time, because he's like, how can I pick up these women? I don't even drive. Under surveillance the entire time, they saw him drive from place to place. They saw that he has a license. So he was lying about that. And so they're like, well, if he's lying about the little things, imagine the big things.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So um, at at this, the police were were very – skeptical and so all this is going on they're trying to build a case against him um in october of that year he winds up meeting an 18 year old by the name of bianca toller no yeah at this time he's 42 years old
1: but he's being watched
0: yeah he's being watched yes so um well then everything should be good well let's find out (laughs) all right um he confronted her at a at a uh at a local establishment like an eatery and he started Mm -hmm. bragging about her or about himself and saying who he was and how he writes for the newspaper and how he's been on TV. And she fell for it. And the two began to start dating and the whole time they were under surveillance. Um, He's, you know, she's like, Hey, you know, I I need to get away from my controlling mother. Um, She's very, she's very hard on me. and, He's like, well, you know what? You know, I, I like you. You're very attractive. They start having sex. And then he's like, hey, you know what? You can stay with me in my apartment. And she took him up on the offer. And wow. the- oh, Lord. And so the police were like, hey, you know what? like, could
1: he- be her dad.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, and he's like, you know, the police are like, freaking out because they're like do we move in you know like what do we do like and they're like well he hasn't committed a crime we just have to you know so they're like they're like i don't know we don't want another woman to die in our hands but wouldn't he take her somewhere else isn't this a little weird what if he's actually in love with her um so they're they're actually videotaping him having very wild sex with her uh buying her lavishing things um but he's controlling. He has a lot of famous friends. He does not want them to see that he's with an eighteen-year-old, so he leaves her at home. He forces her to stay home. He's always on top of her about cleaning around the house, and for some reason, she's like, "All right," like <laughs> she goes from one controlling household to another. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah. Um. So, and this is the
1: time she's getting it. That's
0: why. Probably, maybe that's. I guess. A new scenery. Yeah. Yeah. So in November of 91, uh, Jack tells her, Hey, you know what? The book sales have been down. Uh, I, I, I'm having a little trouble paying bills and things like that. I need you to get a job because, you know, she's home all day. Okay. <clears throat> she basically is sex slave without, yeah. her, without her even knowing it. Um, so he's like, hey, I, I got you a, uh, a job, you know, like like you just got to go down to this escort service. You're going to be working the front desk as a greeter, you know, like, you know, getting the johns to their women that they're going to sleep with. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you would think, OK, you know, I should pay pretty good money. So she goes down there and she talks to the manager that Jack hooked her up with. And the guy's like, all right, so um, here's what you're going to do. Um, this is going to be your room right here. And uh, when we do roll call, when uh, John comes, you're going to come out and he's going to look you over. And if he wants you, he takes you to the room. And she's like, wait a minute. Aren't I the greeter? And he's like, no, honey, you're going to be having sex. You're going to you're an escort. Oh, wow. So she ran home and told him off and, and was yelling at him and saying, you're pimping me out. You're pimping me out. I can't believe you. So what do you think happened after that? He got
2: into a rage, and she's next. I concur. Hey, what? I concur. He <laughs> got into a rage, and uh, she's the next victim.
0: You see, that would make sense because of what's been happening this entire story. But no, the twist happened, oh, wow. happens in this story where she slaps him. She runs. He runs after her. The cops are about ready to pounce on them because he... They think he's going to kill her. He comes over to her, twists her around real, real real, violently, and then gets down on one knee and says, will you marry me? And she says, yes. Stop. What? You're playing. Stop <laughs> playing. Nope. That's what happened. Stop playing. That's what That's what
2: happened. <laughs> Bro, <Bruh>, stop it.
0: <laughs> that's what happened, yeah. That don't even sound right. <laughs> even the cops are like, ah, what happened? <laughs>
2: And they had their guns out there. Oh, wait!
0: <laughs> they're like, they're like, all right, shoot him! Oh, shoot he proposed!
1: <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> what?
0: They're all like hugging each other. Like
1: she said yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> what?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: That was definitely a twist because I did not expect that. Me no.
1: neither. I thought he was gonna kill her.
0: I thought so, too. So the cops were like, okay, this is getting just insanely crazy. Like, like, what's going to happen next? So they're like, you know what? Maybe we should do some investigating. Because I remember through the police academy that that usually helps solve cases. So, so, so they decided... <laughs> They (laughs) decided to do. I see what you did there, Todd. Yeah, they decided to actually do their job, and they went on the street and started asking sex workers, showing the pictures of Jack, and and like stuff they could have did months prior and -hmm. gotten results. And they went out there and they started to get answers to their questions. Like people, like some of the sex workers were like, "Hey, he." inappropriately touched me or when I refused he grabbed me or he tried to pull me in a car. And so like, they were like, wow, he's assaulted quite, you know, more women than we thought. Mm -hmm. And so they were starting to get answers. And one of them actually came forward and said, he tried to force me into a car uh, on the same street a week later where Brunhilde, one of the first murders was found or was taken from in the, uh, the Graz area so wow yeah so she could have been one of his murdered victims but that puts him in that area where that woman brunhilde was uh murdered Mm -hmm. at the same time so vienna pd the graz police department uh, uh prague uh german authorities they're all starting to get gather more and more evidence and they're starting to put more police officers and detectives out there to get more, uh, sworn statements. All the while he's out there just having a fun time with that 18 year old Bianca.
2: I was about to say, but they're keeping a low profile that they're, they're onto him basically. Right.
0: Pretty much. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. But they get married in, 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 uh, in late, uh, late December, right before Christmas you know the the two you know those those two lovebirds, you know, I mean
1: who are, How the who? heck are you trying to pimp me out? I'm offended. Oh please marry me. Oh yes.
0: Wait, Matt never tried to send you to a brothel or to a uh escort hey man, hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. hey, hey, hey. Don't worry about what I do What's wrong with you, Matt? I mean come yeah. on. Don't worry about my my <laughs> plans, he's like, Wait, it's in the future, it's in the future.
1: He just got smacked, by the way, for the
2: record. Will you marry me again?
0: No. Yeah, something tells me, Matt, it's not going to be the same result if you try that. So nope. just call it a hunch.
2: <laughs> it'll be just. It'll, it'll be one less person on
0: the show. No, you're just going to turn into a eunuch overnight. <laughs> <laughs> what was Lorena Bobbitt's husband? Exactly. Yeah, John Bobbitt. <laughs> there you go.
2: <laughs> oh man! Damn, uh, this story is going—it's
0: driving me crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. So he, th- so they put together this task force, and finally the police—they're all working together. Even the LAPD and the FBI have joined, so it's like a multi-country thing. They're all The LAPD
2: d- is on back. Okay, all right. Now it's on. It's yeah, they on, got
0: man. they got everybody right. So. They're all feeling good about themselves. They're pumping up their chest. They're like, yeah, we're going to get this guy, you know, and what Jack does is he stays a step ahead of them. So this entire time while he's married to Bianca and they're getting things together, he uses his contacts in the police department to find out that they're investigating him. They're putting something together. So he takes off him, him -hmm. and yeah, him and Bianca head for Paris and Paris. Yeah, they they jam, they take off, and February fifteenth, the you know the police and the the you know, they had this huge thing where they they you know how they, they um sort of like surround a place and then they go in there with a SWAT team and everything. Mm-hmm. And not, they knocked down his door and find an em- just about an empty apartment. Mm. He had left, and this is while being surveilled. He still got out of there.
1: Mm. And he clearly wasn't being exactly. Surveilled.
0: Yeah, they probably were just, like, falling asleep or something, and then he just gone. They're like,
1: it's taking too long. Let's get a burger.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Well, the thing was that they got some, like, circ- not circumstantial, but they had gotten some evidence that um, he could pretty much, you know, go to jail just on this. Because, again, he was on probation still, and they found a knife, a gun, a can of mace, handcuffs. And uh, they also found pictures of him in Los Angeles uh, working with the police department at the hotel where he was staying. uh, Sex workers that he photographed. And they found a leather jacket with Hmm. a red scarf that was bushy. uh, Fur on. Was he
1: trying to be Tomb (laughs) Raider?
0: It sounds like it, right? (laughs) Man. But uh, either that or Indiana Jones, one of the two. That, that, That part. But that scarf, keep in mind. And that jacket, keep in mind. Okay. Um, so they confiscated all that stuff, and the search was now on for him. Um, they had went to Switzerland prior to Paris, my bad. Um, and then they then they took off for Paris. Uh, Detective Geiger was one of the most famous detectives in the, the area of Vienna. He took charge of the case. And working with the LAPD and the FBI, um, they they also confirmed all the the cases with the the strangulations. They knew it was him and the LAPD provided, um, information about several people seeing Jack in the area with that same leather jacket. Cause they, Mm -hmm. they sent the pictures of the jacket and the scarf to LA and and they were just getting all these people signing off on. And yes, they saw him wearing the jacket. So they now knew that, uh, that uh, he was. They got their guy. They got their guy for LAP for the LA area, and then Vienna. Uh, remember, I was talking about those fibers that they found on a few of the bodies. Mm-hmm. Those fibers were from that same scarf that he wore. Mm. So the it matched the scarf. So they put two and two together. So now they have their best detectives on it. Now they have they have a uh, real evidence to lock him in on all these murders. Oh, so now
1: they just gotta know where he's at.
0: Yeah, now they just exactly. <clears throat> so well, what happens next? So the next twist is this: J- Jack tells Bianca, "Hey, the the jig is up, and uh, you know, stop watching uh, Power Rangers, and let's uh, we got to go to." <laughs> <laughs> <Power Rangers. laughs> I mean, the Power Rangers were big back then, you know. Yeah, that was, it was the nineties. Yeah, so uh, yeah. she's all go go Power Rangers! She's like we got to get out of here. <laughs> so uh so he's so he's thinking (laughs) he's thinking 1980s because you know um the the 80s the most i guess popular television show in austria was uh miami vice at the time Uh and that was you know him wearing you know because he wore stuff when he was rich he wore those like real tacky white suits with jeans you know (laughs) like like that look it's just you know the, the the sort of like the Grand Theft Auto Miami,
2: mm-hmm. the Miami Vice,
0: yeah, yeah. So you already know Vice City. I mean, there you go. Yeah, so he he dressed like that. He's like, you know, I could be my flamboyant self out there. We'll fit in. They won't even know we're in Florida. Like I have no ties to Florida. You don't. And she's like, yeah, but Power Rangers are in are in California, right? <laughs> Forget Power Rangers. We're going to Miami. <laughs> so. They fly from Paris to Miami, and the police have no idea what's going on. They, it looks hopeless, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's just how are they going to find him? He's in Miami. Dude. He's got mm-hmm. no eyes. Well, dumbass just can't stay out of the the media, and um, he gave himself away. He sure did. What an um, idiot! <clears throat> I mean, beyond, he's already an idiot. Yeah, he's already an idiot, but. He basically gets Bianca instead of being a sex worker. He's like, "Now, honey, you can make money with your body. You obviously have a rockin' hot body, and uh, you know I could pimp you out, and I don't have to work, and you can you could support me. So uh, why don't you just be a go-go dancer?" And she Uh, go-go dancer. Yep. Okay. So basically, she's just at a nightclub, pretty much in a Mm bra and panties type thing, dancing on a
2: dancing on a pole.
0: Yeah, pretty much. But she's. I guess you know. <laughs> I mean, at least it's not sex. You she doesn't have to give yeah. up her body. So I
2: mean, yeah, in a sense.
0: And um, at during the day, while she's working or you know or sleeping, one of the two, um, he's contacting Austrian radio stations, trying to give his point of view because his reputation is now ruined. So he's hitting up all these newspapers. He's trying to like defend himself, and. Um, the police and the the FBI are like hey you know what let's let's trick him let's offer him money to give us a story and then we'll find Ooh. out where he's at so basically they had they enlisted a very famous uh reporter for a magazine called success in Austria mm-hmm. Gerton Schmidt and you would think Girton's like a man's name but it's that's actually yeah. a woman's name so it <laughs> yeah. was a woman yeah, it was a woman. I, I was confused on that one too. I'm like, Girton, really? Gerton Schmidt. Yeah, Gerton Schmidt. So two like really manly names, and she's like, Hi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh she um she was told by the police to offer him ten thousand dollars for an interview. And that's a lot of money <clears throat> for
2: ten thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, just for an interview. Ooh. Supposedly a tell all interview to explain his side of the story and give him vindication or whatever so everything he wanted she was offering him ten thousand dollars and he was like all right like he didn't even <laughs> he didn't even figure like hey maybe i'm being set up here like all these other agencies told me no and this one's telling me yes but he
2: he just jumped right in
0: he sure did and i know
2: just, it was sharks at the bottom
0: exactly this was detective geiger's plan remember that mm. detective took over the case mm-hmm. everything went good after geiger took over and because he had talked to August and he figured out everything and the other detectives. He just took control. So this was his plan. And he offered the, you know, he told her to offer the $10,000 and to wire it to him. So once they found out the wire was going to Miami, Florida, Geiger called the U.S. Marshals and the U.S. Marshals uh, got things together for the next day.
1: Dang.
0: Smart. Yep. Finally finally yeah so that was on february 28th now february 29th the moneygram was sent to the uh that moneygram location in in miami florida like a little uh grocery store mm-hmm. so jack was paranoid and he was <laughs> and here's the funny part he was standing across the street you know just trying to look you know fit in with his probably like michael jackson white hat and you know white <laughs> You know, a uh, white suit jacket with a pink shirt and really, really tight jeans exposing yourself. You know, because it's so tight, you can't, you know, any kind of movement, <laughs> and you could see your junk. And uh, he, he's probably got some really, really, uh, what are those shoes from the uh, early '90s? Uh, those boots. Yeah, yeah, he's got some boots. He's like some some designer boots, you know. So he's he's all pimped out out there, and he sends Bianca in there to get the moneygram. So. As she's in there in the (laughs) MoneyGram, the U.S. Marshals don't really have their best acting skills going on. They've pretty much taken over the area where he's at, but then they're all dressed in pedestrian clothes, but (laughs) whatever. (laughs) But he's getting like this paranoid feeling like, hey, man, someone's looking at me. He looks over and there's a guy staring at him, looks away real quick, you know, as soon as he makes eye contact. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) It's so. so he does that like six or seven times he looks over at someone there's like a grandma sitting down she's like staring at him till he makes eye contact with her she looks away real quick he's like man these are some cops right here (laughs) (laughs) he's all damn it they're on jimmy johnson (laughs) exactly (laughs) so uh, bianca comes out you know like Cause you know she had to get one of those twenty-five cent bubble gums out of the those little candy dispensers. She's all chewing bubble gum, singing Go Go Power Rangers, and uh, as she comes out with the money, and he's all run, and she's just standing there like, huh? And she doesn't move. She just like stands there like, what are you, what are you, what's run? And then she sees him run, and then she's just still standing there like, baby, the hotel's that way. And then all of a sudden she just gets tackled by like three or four US marshals in plain clothes and then they, they chase him down the street and get him like a block later with guns drawn and he's arrested. Wow. <laughs> so
2: well he is I will say this he is very street smart to recognize, you know, he's being watched by grandma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I picture you remember Larry Johnson for the Charlotte Hornets? <laughs> grandma. Grandma, yeah. I picture like a big buff dude looking like a grandma looking at him with a mustache, like, uh, you know, he didn't He's
2: like mm, that's not normal.
0: Yeah, you you could totally see like the headphones, like you know, the earplugs in his ear with a little wire.
2: The look in the way
0: got me, man, that got me weak. <laughs> oh man that was too good though like they just Mm. had the worst acting skills
1: maybe they shouldn't be in that department (laughs) pretty much so in
0: 1992 um he was extradited back to vienna and um he the uh the police departments all agreed that he should be tried in vienna because uh or in austria because um all the like in some some countries or whatever if you're convicted of murder in one, the charges will be dropped in the other. They wanted all these murders to be a part of him. So Wait. Um, yeah, so Austrian courts accepted all of those. So the LAPD and FBI were just called in to testify, um, on behalf of Los Angeles, but basically they're Prague and all those other cities were just gonna uh uh let Austrians um, convict him um, so so two years later uh, the trial finally um, sets up with him uh, in, in uh, June tw- or, or uh, in, in 1994 it was in uh, May of 1994 and um, his defense was you know he, he copped to all the uh, he didn't cop to the murders at first and he maintained his innocence but he had written a lot of things down in his um diaries about you know certain things that implicated him but he his main defense was hey i'm rich i'm famous i had women uh, come to me i've slept with over 150 women there's no way i would sleep with sex workers so okay his cockiness was his um basic defense. defense yeah Okay. So um and they were like and he's like, Oh, I'm an upstanding person. I think that the police just didn't get me for the first time. They're mad that I got out, and they're trying this whole thing on me.
1: He was still trying the manipulation
0: thing. He sure was. And <laughs> and some people were scared that it was working. But the thing is there was just way too much evidence. And mm-hmm. and uh he, he got convicted of nine of the Twelve murders. Uh there was only nine? Yeah, there was fifteen total that they attribute to him. And they were trying to prosecute for twelve because three they they just didn't have enough evidence. But then those three got thrown out because they could it was mostly circumstantial on those, so nine they were able to prove.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so he was acquitted of the other three to six murders. yeah, um, and some for some reason Aust- uh, the Austri- Austrian um, courts did not pursue the death penalty.
2: I was about to ask you. I mean, yeah. He's dead, right?
0: Well, they didn't. What well, they sentenced him to nine uh, nine life sentences. <laughs> I mean, he got <laughs> and solitary <laughs> like confinement. Yeah.
2: Solitary confinement.
0: Yeah, solitary confinement. Uh, nine oh. times. Uh, you know nine life sentences on uh, June 28th 1994 he was convicted of that so how long do you think he spent in jail
2: don't tell me or
0: or do you you think he's Uh, still alive
2: I'm gonna say he spent two years in jail and then he killed himself
0: two years okay Gabby
1: I don't know if he killed himself. I'm going to guess somebody killed him. But I'm going to go with four years.
0: Four years? Okay. Well, you guys are right. He's dead. But uh, the time frame, you gave him way too much time. I mean way too much time. This man did not last 24 hours after his sentencing. What? Yes. What? He was dead in his transfer cell from the courthouse the very next morning he was they gave him uh, sweatpants and a regular shirt and he took the string from his sweatpants tied it around his neck in the same knot that he would kill his victims with and hung himself from his jail cell
2: well I knew he killed himself I got that
0: right Dude, that must have been a really strong string. I guess so, right? But I mean, what
1: a freaking coward!
0: Wouldn't you put this guy in Suicide Watch, man, or something? Yeah.
1: <sighs> twenty-four hours.
0: Not even twenty-four hours.
1: <sighs> yep. Okay, I'm really mad.
2: Yeah. So he served no justice. I mean, he's dead. Thank God, but. That's-
0: still,
2: no, still justice. no justice. He
1: didn't get to suffer. Well, yep.
0: I mean, <laughs> enough. He he hung himself. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, he they did find a note that I mean, when they were going through his stuff prior that if he was ever caught he would kill himself. I'd rather go out by my own hands than the enemy. Mm-hmm. So he's mostly like right now, like the you know the manipulative murder, um. You know turned into a serial killer to a freaking international serial killer and you know he was convicted of nine murders but uh most likely it was between 12 and 15 that he was responsible for well let's safely say that
1: i honestly think it's more than that
0: it could be because
1: for could- a person who wasn't really that cautious who really didn't care and who wasn't that noticed when it came to the crimes, then I would think he would do a lot more.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm possibly, uh, uh, you know, I agree with you, especially in the case of he's targeting sex workers. I'm okay. quite sure there are some that haven't been identified or found, you know, so I agree. I think it could yeah, have been more.
1: Those would, so many could go unnoticed.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree with you guys because, <clears throat> you know, there's, you know, we did the story about the Alaskan serial killer and how he killed um, various sex workers and a lot of them didn't even know that those people were missing because they came uh-huh. and went all the time so yeah. there's a strong likelihood that you guys are right that there's probably more bodies out there or maybe they found bodies in different areas maybe not in Vienna maybe he took them other places and uh, hey they just weren't attributed to them they could be cold cases right now still you never know that's
2: crazy man that's crazy
0: or the wrong person might have been convicted that too (laughs) that yeah yeah
2: no it's hard to say but that could be
0: yeah so this is this was a crazy case just so many twists and turns so
2: (laughs) so many twists I wonder what happened to the 18 year old
0: yeah there's really no information on his wife you know um but, uh, Is she still
2: standing there?
0: <laughs> well, she got. I know that she did get a little bit of time for it being accessory, but mm-hmm. it was it wasn't nothing. It was like a slap on the wrist.
2: But you know what? But what she, she really didn't she didn't know.
0: Yeah. But but yeah. he, she she was told by him that that they're just trying to frame me. I need to get out of here. So she was still convicted as a as a. Accessory, uh, but she accessory. didn't get much jail time. No, you know what? I,
2: I, I probably wouldn't have convicted her of anything because she was 18 at the time. She, he took advantage of her, manipulated her, forced, well, married her, and I wouldn't have given her a jail time. She didn't
0: know. Hmm. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, I she...
1: guess maybe because. um they were looking for him and she was with him the whole time running
2: yeah, yeah. maybe 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 so she, she
1: didn't know that he was being searched yeah
2: maybe more. he did tell her like hey you go in there I, I'm being searched I don't think it's yeah maybe okay
0: what's crazy wow. is she wound up doing more jail time than he did that's the sad part yep wow well let me ask you guys this question though you know, obviously, maybe if it, I'm not going to say if your daughter, but let's just say, you know, it was a relative that was killed by this guy. Would you guys be happy the fact that he died? Because knowing that he would have just got life, he would have been there living out his life in jail. Would not you like want, that. Would you want him to rot or would you want him to just go out that way? Not like that. Okay. I would, out of the
1: two, I mean... If I had an option, you know what I would want. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> out of either him dying or rotting, I would want him to rot. Because he was going to be confined by himself. Mm-hmm. And I would have wanted that more as punishment than the freaking coward to take himself out.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it,
1: <laughs> like, you did all this. You didn't give these girls a chance. But you can't even withstand one freaking day and you already kill yourself.
2: Exactly. He, he took... It. He had control of the situation. Still, he still won.
0: I think Matt's right too. There, yeah, that's sad, but I think that is a, it's a it's a slap in the face to everything. because exactly. You had to wait two years for this man to go to jail or go to go to a court, and he finally goes to court and doesn't even last a day. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would rather him rot in jail. Or now, if he was strangled, that would have
0: been different. Yeah, I mean, if he if he, he went out raped like yeah, beam. if he went out like uh, Jeffrey Dahmer,
2: yeah, yeah, if he went out like Dahmer, you know, then i would be like, okay, hey, jailhouse justice.
0: Where were we saying, Gabby? I'm sorry, I cut you up right there. Didn't
2: I? Yeah, she was talking about all the you know mutilation that he she she would have got. <laughs> she wanted him to get raped.
1: <laughs> raped, beat and abused, and then strangled. Then he would have got it
0: that would have been justice i think yeah 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 but unfortunately for a few I met...
1: years that would have been justice for me for two said
2: a few years not one time like <laughs> <laughs> tony well to
0: <laughs> yeah. had to get him several times
1: i was giving him one week per victim of abuse
0: Oof. yeah it would have been troubling yes sir well yeah that's the that's the case of jack unterberger
2: all righty. Well, that was part two, and thank you, Todd, for breaking that down.
1: Um, yeah, I'm angry
2: again. Yeah, that, <laughs> it didn't go as we wish it did, and it was definitely a lot of twists. So,
1: mm-hmm. a lot of stupidity. A lot of stupidity.
2: Shout out to that one detective who who knew the whole time.
0: Oh yeah, Gusta. Yeah. Augusta.
2: So. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the show for tonight. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, just want to briefly let you guys know, if you didn't catch it in the beginning, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Type in Grinding True Crime Podcast. You can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. And for our outside of the country listeners, we love you guys. Uh, keep listening to us on Podchaser, Radio Public Breaker, and Pocket Cash. Go to RedBubble.com, type in Top Box 80 for merchandise, and always leave us a five-star liking. We will greatly appreciate it.
0: Oh yeah, the Cash App thing too. Oh yeah, the Cash
2: App. Uh, if you guys, if you guys want to donate to the Grinds, Grinding True Crime, uh, we have a Cash App. The Cash App is Cash Dollar Sign Grinding True Crime. That's the dollar sign grinding true crimes if you want to donate to cash app to us. Proceeds goes to to us to help uh make more production and also probably get us some uh, equipment so that it can sound a little more fresh so we would appreciate it. Exactly. All, all that being said, this is Matty Matt and uh I'm the, <laughs> not the narrator. <laughs> <laughs> the host of the show and, and the narrator for today is Todd Fox and the other host of the show,
1: Gabby.
2: And we are signing off. (laughs) Peace. Y'all come back now, you hear? (laughs)